Hey, thanks for joining us for the Hemisync Podcast. We're joined today by Jonathan Hammond. Jonathan is a Maui-based author, spiritual teacher, energy healer, shamanic practitioner, and spiritual counselor. He's a graduate of Harvard University and the University of Michigan. Jonathan is a certified master teacher in shamanic Reiki, Usui, and Karuna Reiki. He's on the Advanced Graduate Studies Advisor for Shamanic Reiki Worldwide and an ordained Alakai teacher guide in the, Ka- in the Kahili Hawaiian shamanic tradition. Jonathan has completed four years of training in interspirituality and interspiritual counseling at the One Spirit Learning Alliance. He was ordained as an interfaith minister in 2008. He has training and certifications in Cherokee bodywork with the Coyote Institute, Huna Hawaiian Shamanism with Aloha International, and all core curriculum with the Foundation of Shamanic Studies. Jonathan has been initiated through the Minoan Fellowship in Wicca and is trained in the therapeutic facilitation of psychedelics with Inward Bound in Ireland. In addition to maintaining a robust private practice, Jonathan teaches classes in shamanism, energy healing, Reiki, Huna, and Ho'oponopono at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies, the One Spirit Learning Alliance, and Shamanic Reiki Worldwide. Jonathan lives on Maui and is in private practice in Kihei, Hawaii, and online. Here is Jonathan Hammond. John, welcome to the Missing Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, so there are many different types of shamanism. Uh, Hemisync has produced many different albums, which relate to the topic. I've personally done more than a few podcasts on the subject. So can you just tell us a bit about your own personal or particular brand of shamanism, not personal, but the brand that you practice? Well, there are, there are different versions, different teachers and all of that. Ultimately it is a return to nature. That's the main thing. Uh, it's about um, nature as a template to teach us about ourselves. Um, when you think of humans, we're actually the children on this earth and, um, and the, the nature beings, the plant people, the stone people, the animal people have been around a lot, uh, a lot longer than than we have, and uh, and humans have the unique ability as children to uh, think that they can become something other than themselves. Think that they can become something um, uh, different. They can live in mentally constructed um, world rather than the reality of the here and now, and rather than living from our own essence in the same way that the shark only wants to be itself or the daisy only knows how to be itself. We have this unique uh, ability and uh, uh, d- uh, difficult tendency to uh, become something other. So it's about looking to nature. So when I think of shamanism, it's about looking to nature to remind us to not do that, to stay, to to find our own true essence. Um in the same way that that when we look at nature, everything is of it of itself. Only it can only be a spontaneous and unapologetic expression of itself. And uh, we as humans are trying to do that too. And when we do, we get a lot of help from from uh, the upper world spirits, um, and um, and we find a, a kind of flow because we are flowing with. Uh, living from an essence of what the mother, what the earth intended us to be. So that's what I mean by, by shamanism, I think. Cool. And so I think people think of kind of a a few major branches of shamanism, Um, you know, probably most prominently here in the States is the native American tradition, but there's also a very active Asian tradition and yours is mostly based on Hawaiian 
shamanism, correct? I mean, you actually live in Maui. And I live in Maui. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone's got to do it, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, tough life. Yeah, tough assignment. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I I landed I landed on Hawaiian after um, I had worked with shamans on three different continents and um, and studied a lot of different um, uh, different teachers and different traditions. And a couple things that I saw, which was that there really was a universal uh, a universal uh, shamanic paradigm in uh, whether or not you, I, I was in uh, Bali, whether or not it was in uh, Brazil, whether or not it was uh, Native American shamans. Uh, that that was very much clear. But the thing about the uh, the Hawaiian piece was that the Hawaiians had a very psychological uh, um, uh, aspect to their uh, their indigenous teachings, which I really liked because. Uh, I'm a bit of a um that's that's the work that I do and I'm a bit of a psychological nerd and to you know to uh to find an earth-based tradition that was mirroring so much of what we understand about contemporary psycholo- psychology uh and transpersonal psychology in particular was was really exciting and that really did come from um the Hawaiian tradition. Cool. And so there are quite a few terms that we kind of toss around casually or you know Hawaiian terms that we cut that we toss around casually as mainlanders um but let's just start with the most probably common one of all aloha um yeah. can you talk a bit about what that means yeah in, in, especially in the context of shamanism yeah so uh aloha is there are two different syllables that you can look at aloha alo which means to share and ha which means breath or oha which means joy so aloha is to share life, to share breath, to share joy with another. So when we say aloha, it is a, uh, or when we live in aloha, it is a connecting energy. It is, it is, uh, which is of course what the essence of love is. And another uh, concept on on in Hawaii is uh, a concept called um, uh, malama ka'aina, which means to love the land as you would love a sibling as a, or a parent. So the idea being that that um, and Hawaiians really do feel this. We so imagine being somewhere, living somewhere where you say, "I love this place so much," and with that fullness, and with that, and I love this land, and I'm so grateful and humble to be here, and uh, and to walk on this land is such an honor. And then to say aloha to someone that it's really coming from it's really coming from from that place. So that's that's aloha. Aloha brings things together. It 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 uh, it connects. It's a connector, just like love is. See, I think lots of folks think that aloha just means hello or goodbye, but it means so much more than that. And that that is a common thread that you find throughout all Hawaiian terms, including the word Hawaii itself, right? Right, Hawaii ha, which means uh, breath or life force, vai, uh, which means water, and e, which means the supreme. So it is it is where the uh, where a breath and water and life come together, uh, and um, yeah, that, that's what that means. Yeah, the the Hawaiian language is really fascinating. I'm s- certainly not a scholar on it, but it uh, it's fascinating in that everything uh, everything in it, every every syllable in it uh, contains um, contains multiple meanings, and uh, and everything you can think of as a kind of verb. Which means that it has this this lived quality, just like the nature of reality itself. It, it, uh, uh, everything is it, everything is almost a gerund. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's Hawaii ing, so to speak. It's that energy, you know, or uh, aloha ing. You know, it's that energy. It moves. It has movement in it. Yeah. And I think this kind of underscores the importance of language, just in culture and in mindset. 
Um, and as part of that, um, it really highlights um, how um, spirituality in Hawaiian culture is a serious practice. It's an entire lifestyle. It permeates the culture. Um, whereas, you know, on the mainland or in Western society in general, it's kind of more of a hobby, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, honestly, if, if I if I had to be honest, I'd say it's more of a hobby here, too. I think. OK, I, <laughs> fair enough. Meaning that I think yeah. that this place is, it has really been colonized. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, I think that and I've seen this in, in other indigenous cultures that I've worked with and that I've studied. And a lot of the anthropological material talks about this, too, is that, you know, a lot of these cultures, they now want cell phones and they want fancy cars and they want, you know, the things that the, the modern amenities that make um, that make that make life easier. And um, so a lot of times it's the students of uh, these indigenous cultures that actually help um, uh, keep it uh, um, keep it going in some way. You know, it's, it's pretty audacious for a, a, a Caucasian guy to write a, a book on Hawaiian spirituality. Uh, and what I found is that the Hawaiians who are now my friends, I live among them. I literally live in in um, uh, in a community where I, uh, I'm not with I'm not with just the the, the rich white people, you know, down the street. I, I live in it, um, uh, with those people. And what I found more than anything else is that the Hawaiians say, uh, "Wow, you know, you care. You care enough to to invest in um, in us." And that's not something that um, that you see very often. So. So, yeah, and I, I think that living a spiritual life, living a true spiritual life is more than anything else, the confrontation of our own compartmentalization of living a spiritual life, you know. So it is about taking it way past hobby mm -hmm. into every action that we take and every, uh, and every breath that we breathe. And part of doing that, or really the essence of doing that, is this concept of huna, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of what's been lost in treating you know, Hawaiian shamanism or spirituality in general as a hobby. Can you tell us about Huna and what it means? Yeah, so Huna, um, uh, the Huna that I know, uh, the Huna, Huna means secret. Uh, that's a, that's the essence of that word. But a secret not being something withheld, but something that is difficult to see, like fine sea spray or dust, something that's there, but it's hard to see, uh, which, of course, is the essence of any esoteric wisdom. It's what's underneath. Uh, it's what what's underneath the the explicate reality or the or the um, or, or the outward reality. So Huna is a is a a philosophy, uh, a, a spiritual philosophy made up of a bunch of things, but certainly seven ideas that um, that help us align with the nature of the unconscious mind, that uh, the nature of love, the nature of the present moment, the nature of how energy works, um, and they're very simple ideas. Uh, but when you when you learn them and you adhere to them. They open you into uh, a, a shamanic uh, cosmological viewpoint uh, and way of way of seeing the world that puts you in flow with what we were talking about earlier, which was being more like nature and and learning how we use uh, we use the power of our own minds and our own intentions and our own actions to uh, to consciously create our life and evolve appropriately and evolve in a way that we were meant to evolve the sense of you know we're we're wired toward our own creative evolution we can feel it you know when you when you take an action that that feels right and good and growthful you can feel it there's a there's a felt sense to it and when you do it the other way there's a sense that it doesn't feel right you know mm. so we are wired toward that and and huna helps us align our mind uh in uh in congruence with that so how do we open to that more fully you know we all kind of have our own 
history, our own patterning, our own limitations? Um, how do we open to that as part of you know serious spiritual practice? Well, I, I would say the main thing is what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. What are you what are what are you habitually laying your uh, consciousness on? If you think of if you think of awareness as a screen of reality, and and that reality shifts and changes based on what you project onto it. So, in other words, the outward reality is simply a reflection of the inward rea- reality, and you will create in your outward reality a reflection or a mirror of what your inward reality is. Or another way to say it is that the waking dream. The waking dream is simply a uh, a reflection of the inward dream. What are you thinking about? Where what where are you um, where are you laying your consciousness? What what are you uh, uh, you know? It's it's that it's that. And it, you know, love begets love, fear begets fear, the hatred begets hatred, uh, uh, hope begets hope. Uh, believing that you can uh, begets believing what you can in the outward world. Yeah. So it's really it is it really is about like really being conscious that's what that's what inner work really is what am i doing what's going on oh there's a thought form do i want to take it up do i right. want to sit it inside me and see through its eyes no it's not going to get me where i want to go i see you there you're my wounds you're my habits you're my my parents uh my my, my parents programming you know but i'm but i'm not going to take you up because i'm going this way mm-hmm. you know so another way to say it, you know go ahead go ahead sorry Oh, okay. Uh, so just a couple interesting concepts that I heard in there. So the first is that, you know, there's this idea that consciousness is really what is primary, you know, consciousness is defined by our thoughts, by our feelings. Um, and then the second interesting thing that I heard in there was this concept of dreaming, the inward dream, the outward dream, but it's, they're both dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think of, if you think of a, a sleeping dream, mm-hmm. the easiest way to understand a sleeping dream is that everything in the sleeping dream is a reflection of something about you. That's the easiest way to, to begin to understand or, uh, or interpret a sleeping dream. So if you think of the waking dream and everything that happens and that you see and all the cast of characters in your waking dream as symbols or dream characters of your inward dream or as a reflection of something about you in the same way, that's really great information. So that means that in your outward dream, if you're not getting what you want, there is some sort of congruency or sympathetic vibration inwardly with uh with whatever you're getting in the outward dream. Hmm. You know? So uh so that's just a way to think of it. Mm-hmm. And so um maybe let's talk a bit about um how Hawaiian shamanism works. So here's another term that we hear quite a bit in pop culture, the idea of the kahuna. So what's a kahuna? Well, kahuna is a is a a Hawaiian version of uh, another word that is that is now used uh, cross culturally, which is the word shaman. And shaman is um, is a healer, a healer of um, a healer of what? A healer of relationships. The relationship we have between our mind and our body. The relationship we have between ourselves and others. The relationship that others have with others, and the relationship that we all have with the earth. And uh, and so uh, that's what a shaman is, and uh, and a, a kahuna is a um, and in the Hawaiian tradition there are all different kinds of kahunas. The kahuna that we're talking about, which is which is the the spiritual and sometimes uh, uh, often uh, uh, medicinal healer, but then there are different kind of uh, uh, kahunas as well. Any any in the Hawaiian tradition, any master of any trade would be considered kahuna. So there are kahuna uh, uh, canoe makers, and there are kahuna herbalists, and there uh, and the 
the big kahuna on the beach that is the is the server the uh, kahuna <laughs> Enalu, that is the uh, that is the uh the uh, the the master surfer uh-huh. uh, you know the master wave slider is actually that translation yeah cool. so in the context of shamanism then um what does the kahuna teach like for instance is there a concept that would be similar to the idea of enlightenment within hawaiian shamanism uh, the thing about enlightenment is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very, the enlightenment in any shamanism, I think, would be about uh, a unitive consciousness, that we that there, there, it, we really do live in a completely interdependent and interconnected reality. And uh, when you go into nature, that's very clear. You can, you can sort of see how all things work together. And we're like that, too, you know. In terms of a unitive consciousness that is um, uh, where there's, you know, it, where you just are sitting in the non-dual reality, there's not much to do there. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it's a nice place to visit, but you can't really enjoy chocolate or have a girlfriend or or that sort of thing. So, uh, so when when I think of uh, enlightenment, I think of love in the present moment, with an awareness that I'm connected to the all. Mm-hmm. It's going to be simple in shamanism. So, yeah, no, that's. That's beautiful. So just in case this isn't fully landing with folks, mm-hmm. what how would you describe the feeling of living um from this connected place? Like as a practical matter, like what are the hallmarks of your everyday living if you're in tune with this? Um a sense of um a sense that everything matters, mm-hmm. that everything counts that everything is sacred uh and i don't mean i don't mean that there i don't have aversions to things or that you know or that i don't experience myself as a separate self mm-hmm. but but you know when you think of when you think of contemporary society we only think of ourselves the left brain is very predominant so we own yeah. with the left brain being the analytical the separate you know right. and indigenous cultures had a real balance between left brain and right brain and right brain is the holistic the imaginative the intuitive you know yeah. And uh, and so it's more about um, being centered in those things. I often talk about the medial, the medial consciousness or the mm-hmm. fifth dimensional consciousness of the shaman, the the uh, or the healer or the minister or the wise person. Yeah. And that is where where we sit in the middle, middle, and we pull ourselves away from the polarized culture: good, bad, black, white, Trump, Biden, yeah. Democrat, Republican, vax, unvax. Yeah. You know. And we sort of and we sort of allow ourselves to sit in the bigger perspective and say, on some level, it all counts. It's all supposed to be there. It's all part of great spirit. It all mm-hmm. matters. Um, uh, and to hold that, to hold that in in that in that medial position, it, it's that. It's that. Yeah. And, in, and in there, you find um, that's really that's where flow resides, and that's where yeah. a different kind of um, w- wisdom lives. Right. So I think you just kind of, you know, touched on it right there, you know, flow, you're describing a flow state. So the analytical mind is kind of turned down um, and you're really just kind of observing, holding experience, you know, moving with experience. And really, and it's about, you know, it's Joseph Campbell. It really is following, following what is pleasurable, following Mm -hmm. your bliss, the bliss that comes without a hangover, you know, Mm -hmm. but follow, following, you know, following that and avoiding that, which doesn't feel good. And, and, um, uh, because that's what nature is doing. That's exactly what nature is doing. You know, nature, nature, 
nature takes for itself and nature advocates for itself and nature knows it's also connected to the all and nature wants to to realize its potential to to yeah. uh uh and um and to be in that place and to to uh to hold that intentionality for yourself mm-hmm. to enter you into the same flow that nature is doing mm-hmm. uh, it sounds so simple and blissful to enter into flow um you know what do you think are some of the common challenges or obstacles that you see people encountering well there's a personal one and a and a sort of uh, a sociological one the personal yeah. one is is if you have a thought that does not have growth or creation or evolution in it hmm. it's not a true thought it's hmm. not a true thought because that's not the nature of reality and that's not the nature of nature so the first thing personally is just to look at those habitual thoughts that have no growth that have no creation that just enter you into a kind of bleak stuckness they're yeah. not a true thought there's another way that's the first thing and yeah. the second thing is to is to turn down the volume on the overculture which mm-hmm. has a vested interest in you not following you, your nature who has a vested interest in you not being spiritual who wants who want very much to enslave you you know yeah. to to lend your soul and your spirit to someone else to a job to an idea to a to a fitting in to a keeping up with the joneses to a story to you know yeah. and uh and to turn down the volume on that and come back to your own nature and say i see you there i'm going to live alongside the overculture you yeah. know but uh, but i'm not i'm not submitting to what i to uh, to the fact that i was born into it and the expectations and assumptions that i will assimilate to it mm-hmm. that's the work and so um in this context it sounds like when you say you know that's not true or you reference true thought mm-hmm. um you're you're actually referring to um, true in the sense that it's not egoic. It's derived from source or from gnosis. From am I kind of getting that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah just that we we are everything. We are supposed to be evolving. We are supposed to be uh-huh. creating ourselves further. We are supposed to. We are supposed to be following that inner essence to yeah. realize potential. Yeah, and and, uh, and when and when we adhere to those thought forms that say that say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not uh, you're not you're not rich enough. You're not something. You you, you don't look right. Right. Whatever those things are uh, those things don't don't have any any essence of growth and creation in them. Gotcha. And in that way, they're not even real. And you talk about fear as being kind of the primary factor that keeps us locked into these fixed mindsets, these rigid ideas of conformity, of having to fit in, of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you kind of work with that? How do you work with fear? Well, uh, well, the thing I don't understand about contemporary psychology is that um, faith isn't really a thing. It's not one of their tools, which Mm -hmm. is is very strange to me, because the only way the only way to traverse become going from here to here uh, is through is through the faith that it's that it's going to work out, you know, the faith that it's worth the risk. Anything new, anything that is creative is going to have inherent risk and there's going to be doubt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you've when you've examined it and you know that it's right for you, then it's about uh, then it's about mitigating the fear through faith. Yeah, and that's all we have. That's all we have. So and if you think of if you think of the nature of courage, what is that? That's moving forward despite the fear. Uh-huh. That's what courage is, you know, uh-huh. uh, um, and so that's 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 our work to do. That's our work to do. So 
in your writings, you define fear in a way that I thought was pretty interesting, and I'm not sure that I've seen before, but you described it as an adverse reaction to a possible future state of permanent stuckness. <laughs> did I say that? I did say I think, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And, and again, that's the thought form. That's the thought yeah. form that has no movement in it. Mm -hmm. permanent stuckness you know that, yeah. that, that i'm going to find myself somewhere with no way out and yeah. usually not only with no way out but where everyone's going to laugh at me you know uh -huh. that uh, you know teresa of avila, uh, avila a great um um uh, catholic mystic she talked about that the reason why we don't follow the spiritual path or follow our own our own growth or make choices uh towards our development that that feels spiritually guided is because of the fear of humiliation mm. Which I think is such an interesting way to way to say it that that if I follow that if I if I if I if I'm if I think of myself as as more than what I am I might be humiliated mm. you know and I think that's something to to look at in 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 your own process or in a therapeutic process and so when you talk about faith as being the way out <laughs> you're really talking about faith in the idea that it's going to be okay then am I getting that right yeah if uh so a very um a sort of shamanic conception of the universe is that we have a seed we are a seed and in that seed contains all the programming that will lead towards our growth development our interconnection with the all our realizing our potential and that there is a light or or, or an angel or this or the, the sky father or the spiritual energies that mm. that stand over of that seed and say grow grow mm -hmm. keep going keep going and so it, we're we're and we're made of both. If you think of mm -hmm. think of the Big Bang, you know we we uh, essentially we're here on Earth and we are of the Mother, but we are also of the sky. We are also yeah. part of that star material or that heavenly essence. Uh -huh. And so and so if we're following we're following our uh, our Earth evolution and our Earth growth uh, and our Earth programming as well as the heavenly evolution that says uh, uh, that says I will help. I will help you. I will organize things. I will inspire. Yeah. I will create relationships so that you can do that. All right. Well, so cool. So this this uh, takes me into a topic that I wanted to cover with you yeah. then. So people always want to know, you know, okay, well, tell me about the goodies. So how do we kind of use this to manifest things that we want, things in our life that serve us well? Well, uh, one of the first principles of Huna says that the world is what you think it is, meaning that uh -huh. the world becomes what you're thinking about. So I'll give you an example. So I, I'm a, a blue collar boy from Michigan and I live on Maui. Uh, this is not, this is not, I didn't just, I didn't just waltz over here. And if you don't think that I traverse my own doubt and fear around, around that process, uh, I, I most certainly did. As I was uh, thinking, I, I was, in, I was uh, enraptured with, with Hawaii, but I didn't know how to, how to get here. Um, and I began to watch a show on HGTV called Hawaii Life, and there are 19 seasons of that show, and it's <laughs> and it's watching people buy property in Hawaii. I've seen and that I show, watched, yeah. And I watched yeah. every episode, and I watched it more than once, yeah. And I watched them more than once, and I watched and I, I watched <laughs> people being told what the price is and buying it and moving to Hawaii. And then when I when I got bored with that show after watching every season three times, I started. <laughs> Beach hunt, bargain front, and bargain <laughs> hunt, and that was uh, you know just to keep it beachy because I don't yeah. you know I wanted seen that to, too you know 
And then I wrote yeah. a book on Hawaii and then, uh, you know, which, which took a year and lent my yeah. consciousness to Hawaii. Yeah. And then when I, when I would come here and visit, I would go to, I would go to open houses. And I would allow myself to imagine and I would allow myself to, and, and, um, and it was uh, through all of that because yeah. the other principles in Huna, the third principle of Huna, uh, a word, a Hawaiian word called Makia uh, is translated energy flows where our attention goes. Mm-hmm. So the creative energies of the universe are are invited in through what we're placing our focus and attention on yeah so in terms of manifestation what are you focusing on that's why what you're thinking about is so important and right. and uh you know and and to be aware of that yeah so so really you're just kind of gradually thinking it into existence yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually function in a very similar way but in right. terms of how i manifest things i'm sure um, i'm sure yeah that's interesting cool all right um See, there's anything else I wanted to cover on that. Um, should we talk a bit about mana and makia and aka and kind of how that enters into manifestation? You're kind of breaking it down a little bit in a little bit more detail. Yeah. In terms of the, yeah. So mana is a is a Hawaiian word that is basically translated as as a kind of power, um, and uh, and the the esoteric translation is all power comes from within. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing to say. All power comes from within, and what that is, and uh, another word for mana is authority, which means our inner authority. That and, and in that word, authority is the word author to author our lives. So the idea behind mana is that is that, uh, and the reason why we have to pull ourselves away from from the overculture and from everyone else's all the shoulds and the oughts and the and the uh, and what mom thinks and what dad thinks and what society thinks is because our own inner essence is the only thing that we need that is the directive force for us to create our lives. And, and our mana or our inner inward power is the source that does that. Hmm. And, and so, uh, and so the idea that nothing has power over you, nothing has power over you uh, is a really, really important concept because if it does, if it does, it will override your own inner authority. Then, and then you add to that, uh, so that's mana, the inner in, inward authority. Uh, Makia is, again, uh, where I'm placing a focus. What I'm paying attention to is 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 creating and, and inviting in the creative energies of the universe to bring what I'm thinking about into existence and what I'm focusing on into existence. And then Aka is a is a um is a very quantum concept in uh Hawaiian spirituality. And the idea is that there is vast potential in space mm. and where we place our focus and attention what we're thinking about lights up the potential in that empty space and yeah. is the is the um and is the the essence of what it can become yeah so if you think of uh, if you think of that that uh that the space between you and i there's great potential uh for it to become what our inward world projects and um uh, and um uh, and creates onto it. Yeah. And, you know, in expanded states of consciousness, I think it's interesting um, how empty space can be perceived. I mean, on the one hand, you can literally perceive it as nothingness, as like a void, you know, there's nothing there. Um, And then like the other side of the coin is, well, everything's there. It's like infinite potential. Um, And so it's this idea of, you know, you're describing, I think the, you know, ether or the fifth element. Um, And that can be experienced directly. Everything and nothing, everything yeah. and nothing. And I would even go as far as say that is the goddess. The goddess mm-hmm. is all that is and all that isn't. The god, yeah. all that is. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, but uh, uh, the goddess is 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 both, you know. So it is um, it is the emptiness and the void, and it's also the everything. Cool. And you also talk about the importance of charisma in magic and manifestation. And I mean, you seem like a guy with a with a fair amount of charisma. Can you tell us about that? Why is that important? Well, what is charisma? Charisma is uh, is actually to be charismatic. That is a spiritual word, and uh, that is really about um, uh, uh, if you want charisma, again, it's just love in the present moment. It's, mm. that, that, that's what that is, and and it's a sense of uh, and it's the realization that I'm supposed to be here, that I belong here, that I have a purpose, that I matter. Now, these things sound very simple. But I can't tell you, you know, in, in my work in private practice, I can't tell you how much work it is and how much the theme of, you know, that you matter, mm. you know, that you have a gift, you know, that yeah. the gift matters. Do you know that you're special? Do you know that you're you're here for a reason? You know, that if the, if the universe didn't didn't uh, want you to be here, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and um, and to be in that um, that that joy and to yeah. be in that sense of this is my this is my shot. Yeah, this shot in this body, in this persona, in this life. Um, uh, you know that that's what that's what um, to me that's what charisma is. Mm-hmm. And you know, I find that a lot of people have a hard time with that. I mean, even repeating a simple affirmation such as you know, I deeply love and respect myself. People yeah. will often have a hard time saying that. They'll they'll want to say it to themselves quietly, silently, or like barely audibly. Like to actually say it out loud is really something. Um, and it's making magic. I mean, it's. Well, it, it, it's the only we are. We are a spark of the divine. We are all individually yeah. a spark of the divine. We are, you know, and uh, and to think of to think of sort of the uh, the traditional sky religions, this idea that we are uh, that we are originally sinful, that we are originally bad. You know, mm. that's all that's all just meant to to control. That's actually yeah. meant to. It's actually meant to get our money more than anything else. That's what, when you adhere to that. That's what you're doing. And uh-huh. uh, but uh, but um, self love is uh, and and uh, there's a there's a, a word in, in Hawaiian aloha ma m a afterward and aloha ma means self reflective love. Uh-huh. And uh, and that is that is underneath um, everything uh, everything in terms of in terms of anything that that any legitimate spiritual path. That's the goal. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, tell us about your new Hemisync album called "The Shaman Within." Yeah. Uh, well, it was. Um, you know, I'm in private practice uh, in I do spiritual counseling. It through kind of through a shamanic lens, and there there are certain major themes that I saw that I keep seeing and will continue to see with humans uh, in in this very busy, very full practice, and um, and. So I wanted to to create um, meditations that addressed a lot of those themes, mm-hmm. and uh, and and journeys that addressed a, a lot of those themes that are sort of universal to the growth process, the healing process, and even the the process of living a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So um, so so that's what it was about. So so on on the album we look at uh, a version of soul retrieval, which is where we send a part of ourselves away, usually in childhood, because we learn some misinformation about some part of us doesn't fit and we take that back um there's a, a section on on um releasing attachments to to other people to non-beneficial relationships there's um uh there's uh, a journey about just working with spirit guides mm-hmm. there's a journey about our energy system 
and uh, working with the different uh, the different um, programs in the body in the chakras. Uh, so it it was it was really just about like uh, taking the major themes that I saw in private practice and giving them giving them uh, a, a, an essence an essence a, a sense of um, a, a, a thematic essence that people could follow and then in that there's so much more deeper to go with all of those things but um but that was the idea and i loved working with you guys this was i i also did a um did a uh, an album or not an album but a class with uh, uh with with your support underneath it as well yeah yeah right so so that first piece is is the shaman within that's a hemisync album you can get it on the on the hemisync website um the next one is um the shaman's mind right this is a course you did with glide with glide wing that uses yep. some hemisync yeah, yeah, and that starts that starts February twenty fifth, uh, and that's all recorded. So even if you if that's a three week uh, three week course, uh, and it's all recorded. So if you can't make it live, uh, you can still uh, play it back. So that starts February twenty fifth, and that is um, a really deep dive into not only Hawaiian shamanism but shamanism in general, and with it, um, with it not only uh, a lot of didactic information, but uh, but also. Um, uh, a lot of journeys and meditations with all the uh, hemisync technology underneath that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got a rewilding workshop coming up. Yeah, that's March 25th. You can find all this on my website, mindbodyspiritmaui.com, mindbodyspiritmaui.com. Yeah. And so the rewilding workshop is a lot of what we're talking about. It is about uh, um, coming back to nature, turning down the volume on the overculture, uh, really seeing what that is. Um, you know, we are, uh, don't mean to be too depressing, but we are in an extinction event. We are in uh, the Anthropocene extinction. This is really happening. And uh, and it is because we have turned our back. We have separated ourselves from the earth, the thing that sustains us, the thing that we need to keep going. Mm -hmm. It's a very uh, cannibalistic and um, uh, and even sociopathic thing that is in the consciousness that we've done. Yeah, and rewilding, rewilding is about returning to our own nature, returning to our own nature, returning to nature, and it doesn't mean living off the grid. It doesn't mean growing your own food. It's not that sort of thing. It's about the a, a new burgeoning consciousness that that includes the holistic uh, um, outlook of of the shamans of the indigenous people, along with uh, all the all the, the technologies and all the uh, and all the uh, the things about modern life and and the new consciousness is emerging of those two, but mm. we can't just we can't just we will not find our way forward uh, if we just keep following what the culture is doing because the culture is is not well. The yeah, culture yeah. is is, uh, is founded now on a kind of narcissism that is um, very dangerous. Yeah, and on extracting from nature. <laughs> Until I can't give any more. Um, awesome. And so on social media, it looks like your main account is Instagram. You're Jonathan underscore Hammond underscore Maui. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to shout out there? Uh, no, that's uh, you pretty much cool. got it all. Yeah. And, and cool. it, you know, if anyone if anyone is interested in working, you know, working privately, that's certainly that's my that's um, that's the foundation of what I do is is my private practice. Um, I'm generally pretty full, but um, but uh, you can you can look on there. I have a whole bunch of offerings on there too, and I really work internationally. I have clients um, clients in Australia, clients in New Zealand, clients in Far East, uh, clients in the mainland. So um, yeah. Cool. Well, he is at Jonathan, or he is Jonathan underscore Hammond underscore Maui 
We're at Hemisync Life on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Garrett. I, I'm at Garrett H. Stevens. Do you have do you have Twitter, John, or I'm not a Twitter guy. Not I'm Twitter not guy. Twitter. Okay. I, I have. I have. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not much of a social media guy. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm not, not either. Yeah. 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 It's just not something that uh, you know. It, it's it's uh, when you think of uh, you know it's crazy about social media and and one of the things I deal with with young people so much is the sense of that a twenty year old or a nineteen year old or a sixteen year old is supposed to curate a public persona. <laughs> That, you know, that says this is what I am forever. You know, yeah. and I and I I feel so badly for them because it, there's it, 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 social media. There's no sense of inward process. There's no. no sense of elderhood. There's no sense of I don't. It's okay that I'm not a master yet at whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and so it's really something that. Uh, so it's it's not something that I. Um, that I really adhere to. I, I kind of think of myself as as I'm kind of neighborhood witch. <laughs> neighborhood with an internet connection that's how i yeah. think about it. you know like, i like uh, that yeah yeah now that could be a whole separate podcast but john yeah. hey thanks for joining us for this one um be well uh thanks for doing this album with us and uh, looking forward to more in the future Appreciate aloha. It. all aloha. right aloha thanks, and mahalo thanks. thank you